Hey there, this is You Missed My Childhood, the podcast where we take a movie that I've seen in my youth and talk about it with my co-host who's just watched it for the very first time. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by Ali, who has been spending lots of time getting dirty with an Oculus. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good. I miss my Oculus. It's been about 15 minutes since I was in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you're living in a virtual world. You told me that you uh, you actually watched the movie that we're going to talk about today by putting on the Oculus and laying down in your bed like you're in a theater. Right. I mean, the... Best part was being laid down, I guess, and uh, not having any stress on my neck, not even uh, putting in the effort of sitting um, where your body is in the erect position and your heart has to uh, work <laughs> <Don't> harder. Say erect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, around you, apparently, I can't say erect. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the blood was just uh, getting to me very easily the blood was getting to me what? very easily okay um, <laughs> what a weird way to talk about lying in bed right <laughs> yeah so it was uh it was a laid-back situation wow okay well I'm, I'm glad you're having so much time and so it's going to be even harder to like get you convince you to do editing now because you're gonna be like well Fortnite, oculus right Right, I really don't have time for um, my video games. <laughs> you these days. really are proving you have nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, well, how how are you besides living in this uh, virtual second life of yours? I don't know. I'm okay. The yeah. virtual world is nice, as is Fortnite. But then there's editing, which isn't nice, <laughs> and I have to work most of the day, so I can't be in uh, virtual reality or playing Fortnite. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so life is hard. Okay. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> life is super I mean life is hard, but maybe not for the reasons that you detailed there. Okay. Yeah, probably not. It's pretty all right. I uh it's been pretty boring. Uh I went to a Billie Eilish concert in my headset. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh god. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're going to be one of those people that yeah, I remember like uh, I had these these friends of mine playing this Lord of the Rings game back in Brainerd at one point, mm. and all these friends were joining together playing games. And then at one point, this one friend was showing me all these pictures of them together, but it was pictures on the game, not of the friends, of the, like their avatars. Like he's like, oh, here's us fishing, and here's us like you know hanging out uh, by this by this rock, <laughs> and here's us battling a guy. And I was like, wow, man, this is surreal. This is not uh, not you guys doing these things, and so I'm I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to have conversations with you pretty soon yeah, too. Yeah, that are kind of akin to that, where you're going to blur fantasy and reality. They're going to mesh together. <laughs> Had so much sex lately, my God, it's unbelievable. And, and, and by sex, you mean virtual reality? Oh, porn, right, I'm right, assuming. right. Yes, sorry. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it's an evergreen episode, so I guess maybe should we drop a little hint to see if people can figure out exactly when this was recorded? Yes, we know. Uh, we have like a whole contingent of fans who are obsessed with determining when each episode was oh recorded, my God. right? Oh my God, our Facebook page is full of them just trying to guess. Right, these forums that they have developed where they trade tips and... Uh, yeah, share methodology. Have, have that have that map outline. You know, like the detectives in a movie. Exactly. How, how, how much pictures and lines going through each other. Right. So should we feed yes. into this frenzy and drop a hint? I don't know. Yeah, I'll drop a very very obscure hint, and I'll see if anyone can get okay. it. Okay. Okay. This week we had a terrible terrible story emerge. Something that we never ever <laughs> thought would happen happened. Are a you? man slapped a man. Yeah. Yeah. In front of fifteen, sixteen million people. <laughs> people are going to hate us so much for bringing that up whenever this comes out. Why? Because... Because <laughs> people are already done with this thing. It's like, oh my God, move on to like the real world issues right now. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but still, um, it has to be talked about. It happened. It, it, and, it, and it has been. <laughs> already At this point, it already has been talked about. And so when we release this episode in 2023, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Why did you guys right. mention this? I forgot that happened. <laughs> And I feel like we have already established through texts that uh, we agree that it was a super douche move and there is, I don't know, do you think there is any redeeming qualities about the move or something? Do you? I don't know. I think there's more nuance to that than we can po probably talk about. Uh, and I don't think so. I, I've been hearing, t you don't, okay, okay. I, 
I at least have been hearing takes and like, well, I, sh I probably shouldn't speak up too much on this. You shouldn't? Eh, probably not. Why not? Because you uh, support violence and domestic abuse? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Domestic abuse? Where'd that come from? I don't know. I saw a meme uh, that said that this whole, like, saying um, love makes you do crazy things after slapping someone is straight oh, out of, boy. you know, the domestic abuser's handbook. That, yeah, actually, I kind of thought the same thing, too, when I heard that. I was like, ugh. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I love you, baby. I just couldn't help myself. Right. Oh, that's dark. All right. Yeah, that's super dark. You didn't have to go there, but okay. No, no, I'm going to cut that okay. out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, just like I don't really know how I'm going to talk about trading places. I don't know how I'm going to talk about the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing either. Oh, okay. Well, trading places seemed pretty straightforward um, as far as uh, racial complexity goes. Yeah, I thought so. But then, you know, there's certainly things in there too where I'm like, huh, this might be more nuanced too than... Well, I mean, some, some things were not nuanced at okay. all. And so, <laughs> are, are we jumping Is into the movie? nuance or? like a euphemism for like, okay, even though it looks bad? No. that I mean, <laughs> may, maybe you could apply... I'm sure you could apply that that way. No, no. A nuance, I'm not going to defend any of the, the really bad things in trading places. There are some things though that maybe are bad. But I don't know if I can speak to that or not, being a white dude. I would encourage you to speak to them nevertheless with that caveat. Otherwise, we won't have anything to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'm going to. So the caveat's out there now. I've uh, washed my hands clean. <laughs> so now I can just throw out all the words I want to say. <laughs> uh, so we're jumping in the movie, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. One thing I wanted to mention right away that I thought was kind of interesting was you know you know when you start a movie how it has like a warning about all the things that could offend you like it has language or violence or nudity or something of the sort uh -huh, uh -huh. this had all those things but it had something i never seen before oh. it said outdated cultural depiction oh interesting i'd never heard that yeah either. so right away i was yeah i was like oh my god and all the movies we watched we haven't seen this yet what what, what are we in store for right but it was so much tamer than uh, coming to America, I felt like. See, now that's funny, because why would you say that this is tamer than coming to America? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of his Netflix special from the 80s, which is Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, come on. Right. Yeah, that's super problematic. <laughs> right, right. He, he did use lots of the same language in this one, too. Did he? Yeah, he, he used homophobic slurs a few times when he's talking about uh, Randolph and Mortimer and, like, why did they want him in, you know, why did they want him to go in the jacuzzi? Why did they want him to be in the limo? Oh, okay, okay. And he being Eddie Murphy, or in this movie, Billy Ray Valentine? Yeah, what is, what's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with, uh, what's with up with Eddie Ray, Billy, oh my Billy God. Ray Valentine, yeah. <laughs> what's up with Billy Ray Valentine? Yeah. Well, he starts out, he's like a, he's like a hustler. He looks like he's on the streets. He's acting like he doesn't have any legs. Yeah, 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 all that. Okay, I thought there was something wrong with the name. Oh, no, nothing's wrong with the name. No. Okay, good. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not going to just say everything's problematic about this movie. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, that name Billy Ray Ballantyne? Yeah, that's a crazy name. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was happily surprised that it showed a lot of footage of uh, wealth inequality. Yeah, yeah, I know. This movie is like... So I, I I still don't know where I'm gonna land on it with the rating to be honest because my my I'm I'm feel so conflicted about certain things because in some ways it does have this like smart social satire but then it also has this kind of crazy <laughs> outdated thing that I can't really get past either and huh. it also has this like you know zany comedy that's wrapped yeah. up in yeah it will also some complex like stock shit that i still don't understand even though i've like read about it a few times i'm like what the hell happened at the end i don't get it okay what is this crazy like outdated thing that you talk about well i guess the language first off you know there's a couple there's i mean the straight up like the n-word gets dropped once and then a bunch of like softer versions of the n-word that are still pretty disturbing and then Dan Aykroyd in blackface at the very end, I guess, is like the craziest thing of all. Where he's like has a Jamaican accent, he's right. smoking a joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has dreads, I think, and like a Rastafarian hat. I don't know. I found like at least the the N word being dropped was like, well, for the eighties, that makes sense, I guess. Damn. That was that was easy for me to like forgive or, or to just huh. be like, yeah, that's 
that makes sense, especially for characters we're not supposed to be sympathetic to. That's true, that's true. Well, before we all jump around, maybe we should provide some context this time for what we're talking about. So if you haven't seen Trading Places for a while, if you've never seen it, it's a classic uh, rags versus riches story, but you know, it's also, the, the roles are swapped suddenly. So there's Dan Aykroyd who plays this guy named Winthorpe, and then Billy Ray Valentine played by Eddie Murphy. And Winthorpe is, it's really funny because he seems like he's like insanely rich, but then when he's actually fired, in the scene where he's fired, you know, where where they plant that uh, the money on him with the with the with the marks that make it look like he stole from the company. Right. He's with he's with he's sitting with like twenty other people that look like they're the same rank as him, and then that's surrounded by like fifty more people that look to be about the same rank. So I guess in this realm in this company, there's just like a hundred Dan Aykroyds, there's a hundred Winthorps. Apparently, yeah. And I yeah. mean, it doesn't mean that there aren't that many filthy rich people around. No, it doesn't. But he's like very, very rich. You know, it's like the, the, the beginning of this movie is kind of akin to coming to America, how it just shows like a very rich man waking mm-hmm. up and going about his day. Yeah, right, 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 right. And you knew this is the same director, right? Did you catch that? Yeah, John Landis. Um, yeah, you, you finally got his name. <laughs> yes, yes, because it's written down. I won't remember it tomorrow, but oh, okay, yeah. now that the name is in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So these are definitely the two main stars in this movie is Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. And I think that they mostly carry the movie in lots of ways. The, the heart of the movie, the reason they switch is because uh, the Duke brothers, I guess, which kind of reminded me of the Koch brothers. You yeah. know, it's like two extremely rich, very conniving, evil men. Um, even though one seems a little bit less evil than the other, but they're both pretty fucking evil when it comes down to it. Right, right. Yeah. And their names are Mortimer and Randolph. Oh, and by the way, did you catch that they're in Coming to America? No, no. Yeah, so uh, there's a point where the prince, Prince Akeem, is walking uh, like along the river or something like that. And there's some homeless people and he just gives them like a bunch of money. Oh, okay. And they look at each other and they're like, we're rich. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's them. Nice reference. Like, you know, six years after the fact. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah, the gang of this movie, they're, of course, very rich. And they they essentially have, like, a eugenics bet. You know, nature versus nurture. Like, you know, who is one person stronger because of where they're from? But really, like, I mean, yeah, there's there's a racial undertone in the way they're talking lots of times. Yes. Um, I like how you said nurture, by the way. Versus what? You said nature versus nurture. Uh-huh. Um, Should I- should I have said a different word? Nurture. Oh, <laughs> I have probably I'll probably continue to mispronounce that word. You know, maybe it's not a mispronunciation. Maybe it's a regional dialect. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I've been so far from Montana for so long that I've forgotten you say nurture in Montana for nurture. But no, uh, <laughs> it doesn't even seem right to say nur- nurture. <laughs> Doesn't seem right. What the hell? No, it doesn't. No, I'd say neuter. <laughs> what? Doesn't seem right either. No, neuter is not right. <laughs> nurture. Nurture. Nature versus nurture. <laughs> is, is that how you say it? Nurture. Nature nurture. versus nurture. Nurture. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not a native speaker here, but okay. I mean, I, th- I think you have an advantage there sometimes. I, I grew up in Minnesota, so <laughs> there's lots of <laughs> ways I learned to mispronounce things okay. <laughs> that I've had to correct myself on. Is that? Okay, okay. Curious. Oh, it's funny how you say curious. Curious. Yeah, it's funny how you say that because actually it's curious. Curious. Yes, I was told recently that I mispronounce what I now pronounce as iron rather than iron. Oh, whatever. That's not a mispronunciation. That, that, that's just... Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> These little distinctions... There's no, there's no tones in English. And we're like such a melting pot language. I really... I, I don't know. I'm kind of with the philosophy now that like... Unless you're just completely garbling your speech... Which I do at times. <laughs> don't don't yeah. get me wrong here, but <laughs> I think that neuter is a completely apt way to pronounce that fucking word because neuter? that's how it's. Sp- <laughs> Why not? <laughs> There's an no- R in there. Yeah, tur, neuter. Nur. I've never heard that before. <laughs> God damn it! I'm gonna get like a pronunciation thing to tell me. <laughs> oh my god! 
Okay, I guess I've just been always misspelling it. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking? I guess I'm thinking about like nutrition. I'm just like, oh, it must be related to it. Well, it is. Oh, is it nutrition? Have I been saying that wrong? The no. Whole time? <laughs> <laughs> you nurture things, but uh, with nutrition. Yeah, you do nurture things. You're okay, you're right. My God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For some reason, I could have sworn it was like spelled uh, N-U-T-U-R-E. No. No, it's not. <laughs> my God. This is just related to the theme. I said last podcast or a while ago, but man, my brain is just kaput. I am like, I'm. it's full. I think that I can't fit any more things into it. Hmm. I've heard that like about 40 years old, like the brain just kind of taps out. There's just no more room. Like in order to put new things in there old things have to fall out. Hmm. So you probably learned a new word and nurture just kind of. <laughs> Went out the I, other I, I, I probably did a half-assed job of learning Mandarin and French. And so right. because I had to sacrifice <laughs> nurture. <laughs> Anyways, you go on to talk for a little bit. I'm sick of hearing my voice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's definitely a nature versus nurture thing going on. And um, what do these notes mean here? It just says squash. That's so weird that you'd write down squash of all things. I think they mentioned at one point, like, let's play a squash game. You know oh, that that's, is? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but not pivotal to the plot. No, because... I was like, oh, these guys are so hoity-toity that they play squash. Wow. Thrilling content. My <laughs> God. What what are we doing here? You know, I just I was, I was wondering throughout most of this, and, and I actually read about it, so I was wondering, you know, how much of Eddie Murphy's dialogue did he write? Oh, well, he wasn't a writer, right? He wasn't a writer, but then he did kind of take control of at least his own lines. Because I think he thought that like lots of the black characters' lines were pretty stereotypical. Oh, wow. Okay. So he made them more realistic? Uh, yeah, made them more realistic. Made them more like, I think just made them more funny and like, I don't know. Put a little bit more flavor into them than, than uh, they probably had originally. Okay. Because I thought at least his language from what I could tell was felt authentic to a black person from what you could tell <laughs> okay from what i know <laughs> sure sure <laughs> my limited exposure i guess we should talk about this bet a little bit so they're essentially betting that winthorpe will take the crime very very quickly if he loses everything so their, their bet is that you, you're going to be who you are based on not who you are as a character but the circumstances of your upbringing which i don't know how, how much so the way they're doing it is super creepy and weird. But do you? How much do you think about this uh, nature versus nurture? I'll pronounce it correctly this time. <laughs> nurture. <laughs> this argument. I mean, how much? How much you think each one has a play in how how you are as a person? I've thought about it a lot, but I've thought about it more before uh, rather than recently. Or yeah, <laughs> I don't think very much anymore. Oh, oh. okay. Is it, so is this like back when you were reading the Hitler book? Eh, not really. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fairly like well accepted that both have a role to play, you know? Yeah, I would assume so. Right. Um, and uh, that no matter how good of a nature you may have, like given the right circumstances, things are going to suck for you. <laughs> and like you may... Uh, make poor choices. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there is such a thing as a constitution that is completely indemnable. Indemnable isn't right. Um, <laughs> the constitution that is uh, that resists crime and immorality. Wait, wait, is that, that's not an argument that anyone's having, though. I mean, the nature versus nurture, that, that's... Uh, it's, it's more about that just you're going to fulfill different potentials based on, you know, where, where you're brought up. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> but then, but then you're talking about like there might be some perfect race out there that's just going. No. To, so I'm the, saying okay. like I'm I'm basically saying what you're saying, which is like okay. there, nature can't overpower nurture, depending on no matter how strong it is, nor can um, the environment completely obliterate like a any sort of nature if you. 
give someone who has been in the worst of circumstances enough love and care, mm-hmm. I think you can get him to be pretty pretty good. Yeah, there's so much based in childhood, though. So I think that if that gets fucked up, then it's really, really hard to just like snap a, oh, you know, snap true. your fingers and turn that around. I think there's lots of examples of people that grow up in pretty terrible home environments that go into foster care, which is also awful. Maybe they end up in a good home eventually. I think right. lots of times, unfortunately, that's probably not the end scenario. But even when they do end up in a good home, I think that lots of times there's still issues. And there are Just times like trauma. that like some people have perfectly okay childhoods and they still end up being serial killers. Is that very common though, where someone from a good home is a serial killer? Um, no, but I mean, you can also look <laughs> okay. at it this way, um, that like per- a lot of people have abusive childhoods but, and get over it and some of them mm-hmm. definitely do not and become yep. serial killers. Hmm. Mm, wow, dark again. Mm-hmm. So, so I can say personally, I've I've kind of explored this question maybe more than most people because I I was adopted, and so because of that, I don't I have no idea who my biological family is still to the state. Like I never have met a person that I'm blood related to that I know of for sure. Tom Cruise. Oh, oh yeah. Besides Tom Cruise, I forgot about him. I, I haven't mm-hmm. met him though. I just have seen him on TV oh, true, and like true. lovingly pawed at his face, saying, right. "Uncle." Or uncle, maybe daddy. I don't know. He's, he's not quite that old. <laughs> or he is, I guess. He's getting there. Yeah. I've explored that question a lot, especially because I'm not anything like my siblings. Or I'm not very close. I mean, you know, not very close personality wise to my parents either. So it's a question hmm. that I often wonder too. Like, how much did my personality change based on that environment? And that, so I kind of think that environment, at least in that case, it didn't really have a huge effect because we all turned out so differently. Oh, huh. So I think there is something innate in us, but Yeah, but maybe you're thinking small potatoes here. Like, uh, (laughs) imagine (laughs) if you uh, (laughs) were raised by a Chinese family that uh, had nothing. I don't know why Chinese. Yeah, I mean, more likely to be an American family these days. Right. Yeah, or a Mongolian family, maybe. Um, okay, let's just throw out different cultures that probably right, have that nothing. <laughs> <laughs> probably have nothing. I don't know. I'm just saying some different okay. culture altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you would have uh, been different, like way different. Well, yeah, well, we'll just, I would have not spoken English, so that would have changed everything right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not being like conceptually rigorous. I'm not even listening to what you're saying. I feel like, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not sure. If, I'm, not, I'm not being very rigorous about my statement either i'm just saying that i've thought about this a lot and I, you know at least in my family I, I can tell we're all different and we're different in a way that most other families do not seem to be different from each uh, other okay okay but then there is commonality at the same time i think the commonality is that i learned how to say nurture incorrectly so that, that, that's probably that's probably a rod shaper thing <laughs> okay and it's probably safe to just talk about your own family i think and instead of getting into some kind of philosophical debate here and for me like i feel like if i had stayed in iran i would have had a much maybe more similar life to my siblings than Hmm. I would have. They're pretty similar in the sense that they're both like um, well-educated and successful. And here I am (laughs) in the States. Oh, (laughs) so you think you would be well-educated and successful if you stayed in Iran? Uh, I would be successful. Uh, Maybe not as educated, actually. Yeah, education didn't get you so far, though. Yeah, I may have been... Um, well, I, I guess I guess lots of that would just be like due to the pressures because in the U.S., especially in a place like Missoula, you li- you lived in a town for so long that has no pressure whatsoever. True, uh, exactly, right, and it has kind of the opposite of pressure. It invites you to like slack off and smoke weed and not uh, not take things too seriously. Yeah, at least it did. You know, you lived here when it was still cheap. I think nowadays there's a lot more pressure in Missoula. Crazy. I can't imagine yeah. it. You know, I, I, I guess I guess part of the, what happens in this movie right away is that both of the characters churn into, you know, each other pretty comically quickly. So churn? the rich guy, turn. <laughs> oh my okay. fucking God, I'm going to figure out a way to come to Atlanta and strangle you. <laughs> figure out a way to come to Atlanta and make us switch roles. Okay, calm down. So they turn into each other rather comically quickly the, yes they churn into each other pretty pretty <laughs> comically 
No, comically quickly, I would say. <laughs> Especially with the Eddie Murphy role, because he's like instantly like, fuck these guys, get a job. <laughs> right, and he like is amazing at what the guy apparently went to Harvard for being oh. good at. You know the thing that I still don't understand how it works, even after like watching the movie. Yeah, me neither. Oh. Like, like it seemed like the the price of the orange juice at the end, uh, and you know, on the stock market <laughs> board was supposed to like mean this obvious thing, and I was like, yes, I'm waiting for the movie to explain what <laughs> yeah. what had happened. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not very obvious, and especially th- that kind of thing, like anything related to stocks and like this kind of like number crunching. I think my 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 brain just automatically kind of tunes out even more than it usually does. Right. John Landis himself said that he didn't even quite understand what was happening until like much 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 later into the filming process. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess it actually does make sense because I was like, well, this must be nonsense because it doesn't make any sense at all. But I guess it actually like the the ending where they where they uh, bankrupt the. The Dukes. Right. Yeah, so when they bankrupt them, I guess that's actually based on some sort of, like, actual thing that could potentially happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I followed the logic that, you know, they stole the report, gave him a faulty report. Um, well, yeah, I followed that logic, too. But then I thought the actual thing that was happening on the floor was like, okay, oh, this yeah, is, yeah, like, made no movie sense. magic. Right. But I, I, I think it made more sense than we just think it did because it's just extra, extra complicated. Right, and there's no reason for your brain to, like actually just spend the effort to uh figure it out you can just yeah like, which is what yeah exactly which is what the producers were banking on they're like okay well, this is pretty complicated but i think people are just gonna be so wrapped up in whatever the antics that they're not going to care that much yeah yeah and i couldn't quite follow what was happening with the briefcase and the train either i don't know why they traded it twice it seemed like Oh, I was I was getting really confused by the whole train scene. I didn't really understand why they all had to be in the train car with a dude. Right. With this is with Clarence Beeks, by the way, who is this guy that's just kind of like referenced to whenever someone's looking through their, their accounts and seeing a mystery check that stands out. Yeah, right, right. He's the fixer guy who like takes all the uh, mischievous steps to uh, uh, make Winthorpe lose everything. Um, He's the guy who steals the uh, uh, Secretary of uh, Agriculture's report on commodity prices and shit <laughs> for the yeah. Dukes. So, yeah, anyway, Winthorpe uh, gets let out of jail by Penelope. He meets Bale. And then mm-hmm. he, he's, uh, he, you know, she's, she's already like, dude, what's up? What are you doing? You're dealing PCP. You're, like, stealing money from the company. Like, you're a mess. And maybe she's about to kind of forgive him, but then the sex worker, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, comes up to him and Ooh. starts saying, like, oh, baby, I can't believe I missed you. Like, give me that stuff. Give me that stuff. I need it so bad. So kind of implying not only that he's having sex with her, but that he's, like, giving her drugs to have sex with her. Yes. Orchestrated by the shady guy I talked about earlier, whose name you yeah. mentioned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. By Clarence Beeks, who's behind right. the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. He's, he's the uh, George Soros. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so Penelope also leaves, of course. Yes, uh, the fiance. The, the fiance. Uh, or actually her, yes, Penelope. And yeah, Pen- uh, Penelope. Mm-hmm. Ophelia takes pity on him and uh, takes him back to her apartment. And uh, John Landis, or at least the 80s maybe, uh, as a whole, loving its uh, gratuitous Holy nudity. Holy cow, do they love it. Right? Just like for no reason we get to see her boobs right away oh yeah um, more yeah. than once more than once and yes definitely the relationship moves into male fantasy land like pretty quickly oh yeah yeah because she's pretty good looking and uh and he's like you know pretty down and out you know getting more and more disheveled but then he she like crawls in the bed with him all naked and snuggles yeah him and <laughs> right even though he's sick he for all she knows oh yeah he's yeah. sick yes yeah he's a right. big fever for a lot of that yeah yeah man this this movie had a ton of moving parts yeah right right but i felt like it had a good heart throughout the movie yeah oh okay we, we just going to the heart already <laughs> We were already <laughs> rating it. Okay, let's do it. No, we're not. It. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's a party at uh, Eddie Murphy's house after he Winthorpe's gets house. the job. But now yeah. it's Eddie Murphy's house. Right, right. Yeah. 
or Valentine's house. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. When uh, when Valentine moves in the house and he's just kind of like, "Wow, I'm rich. This is amazing." And he has the party, but then right away about this house that he has no personal connection to whatsoever. He's like all concerned <laughs> about like people not putting coasters down. Right. And, like, you know, he says a line about like, "Hey, who put right. the cools out on my rug?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they were banking on the scene that happened between uh, the Duke brothers and him where they basically demonstrated the fact that this is all his stuff. Right. That sort of having sunk in really well for him. Very, very well and instantly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, but not sunk in enough to where he doesn't invite a bunch of like a hundred, you know, a hundred people or so to his party. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering like, who who are all these folks, you know, like just on the streets is yeah. these like friends he had because they you know and he doesn't seem to have any like family or close friends like he just mm. goes to a bar where he owes a bunch of money and invites everybody back to yep. uh, exactly. his apartment he didn't even owe that yeah. much money did he owned like 20 bucks I guess so yeah he uh, 27 dollars yeah is, something like that but you know if you're on the yeah. streets that, that's, a, that's a lot that is a lot <laughs> speaking from all the time I've spent on the streets yeah yeah <laughs> oh man i just wanted to mention the servant because you know at first he's like he's like always around dan Aykroyd's character winthorpe you know so he's like making meals for them right there while they're on a date and he like walks in the room and they're about to like get down get it on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i was just thinking man if i was that rich the very first thing i'd want is just as much privacy as i could possibly muster huh like i would not want anyone there cooking while i'm like talking to someone else I wouldn't mind like a trusty butler, you know. A, tr- oh, a trusty butler. <laughs> yeah, to uh-huh. like make you crepes for dessert right there. I mean, that that's that's fantastic okay. to have that, but I would not want someone <laughs> just right there cooking. No, huh? Well, no, because I mean, like it, it, it would seem. Like, they can't be a part of the conversation because that's getting weird. But then it's weird to just yeah. completely ignore a person that's you know, doing something for you. Exactly. Why don't you include them, you elitist pig? Because why would you do that? That's going to be weird. Then you're going to have... I mean, that's a friend instead of a servant. Yeah. Uh, why not treat your servant like a friend? Oh, of course treat elitist. him like a friend. But Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I mean, this movie does kind of bring up the question, like, how would you act if you were just suddenly super rich? Yeah, man. How would you act? No one can know for sure. That's true. I, I, I think I would... So if I won the lottery, I would do anything I could to be anonymous. I would not want it to be published or anything. Really? I would almost... Yeah. Why would you want the information to get out? That's not good. Okay. And then... From there, I would almost certainly move and, like, move out of the country, probably. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Um, nice. It was nice knowing you. Well, I'm not going to, like, be... I'm not going to be off the grid. And if I have a bunch of money, I can come back pretty easily. Or I can, like, buy you a plane ticket to come see me. So you'd probably okay, see me more okay. often. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mel- chill out there, buddy. <laughs> No, I mean, well, I would I would travel my ass off, and then I would like, just, almost certainly leave the country because I want to leave the country anyway right now. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then I would find uh, I don't know. I'd probably buy a a nice house here and there, and I don't really know what I mean. If I if I had like a billion dollars, I want to say that like I would like give a lot of it to my friends and like you know provide my friends with like lots of things. But then Ooh. I could see pretty quickly how that'd be like a slippery slope, how there's people that I, you know, I'm fine with them, but I don't really want to like buy them a house. Yeah, anything. right, 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 right. Yeah, I feel like my first priority would be buying up a bunch of property. Um, wow. Yeah, so you instantly become like one of those jerks, developer. Yeah, I, I want to like still have money. Um, but I don't want to well, be a you... developer. Yeah, I just want to make sure the money keeps stays there. Yeah, right? it's uh, it's it's sad that that's like a one way that a no- that a normalish person could have made money in the past is just by like buying a property. At least that's what my mother told me. Like, if you ever have a lot lot of money, <laughs> buy property. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's I mean, like, but that's to make enough money to where you're rich off of that, you have to be predatory. Oh, so it's all based on the fact that you know it's going to become scarce. Buildings are going to become there's not going to be enough housing for people, and so. Yeah. It's contributing to like rising house prices, homelessness, 
and all these other terrible things that aren't there are awful. Damn. Okay. I'm a monster then. Well, you're not yeah. though because you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm a, I'm, I'm equally a monster because I'm just fucking off. Because <laughs> that's what I want to do so bad. I just want to fuck off. I just want to go to the island and yeah, you know. and burn a bunch of fuel getting around. I like traveling mm, was like the true. last thing on my mind, which is weird. Wow, traveling's last thing. Oh man, right now I want to travel so badly. I would like. Really? Yeah. Is that strange? At least it's not what I want. Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I would, I would, I would be a traveling maniac. Yeah, I would uh, just want to make a bunch of movies. That would be after like securing, I guess, my financial stability <laughs> by <Okay. a> buying <laughs> up all the property in Missoula, or or, or or via the lottery ticket that we just established is going to be True, the way that you billion made dollars. Money. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I said a billion, but yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, if it's, yeah, a, if it's yeah. a million, that's that's not going to carry you through life. But a billion, right? Yeah. Okay. You'll you'll be okay. I will be fine, fine for a billion dollars. <laughs> I'll make a bunch. So of movies. if you had a billion, would you would you still just hang out and make movies? Probably, yeah. What else am I gonna do? Uh, hook up your virtual reality to an IV bag and just kind of, you know. <laughs> while, I can like, I can do that like right now. Man. I know exactly. So if you had no obligation, I don't see you getting out of bed tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. <laughs> that gets boring quickly, though. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want to have power to make people famous. Mm, power, mm, right? Yeah, what'd you think about uh, the turn of this movie? So what'd you think about it when when Thorpe like really was starting to lose it and becoming like the alcoholic Santa? It could have gone to a more interesting place, and it didn't. Like it became plotty pretty quickly, and mm. didn't really delve into his character at that point when it had the chance to. Oh yeah, yeah. I would say in lots of ways it didn't really delve into anyone's character in a very thorough way. Right, right. It really didn't. Yeah. Because, you know, the turns happen so quickly, as we talked about, but both Billy Ray Valentine and Winthorpe are, like, kind of instantly who the Dukes, like, bet that they were going to be. Or at least exactly. who, um, one of the Dukes. I right. guess Randall? <laughs> <laughs> which one? <laughs> I don't know. Whichever was the the nicer one. Uh, the nicer one as far as, like... Like, the one who I, believed that it was n- nurture rather than nature? Because the other one was an outraged <laughs> racist. It was like, this guy is an N-word, and of course Oh, he yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he dropped the, he dropped a hard N-word. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of soft ones, softer right. ones. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there were degrees. I don't know. Uh, oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know if I say that either, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> They both start with N. They're they're not good words. One's definitely worse one, than the other, though. One goes to an E. One goes to an I. Is that what you're thinking? Okay, no, no, no. We can't <laughs> spell it out. We don't out. need to like spell it out. One is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what do you what did you think of when things got pretty bad for uh, for Winthorpe? I mean, I thought it was like definitely it was a part of the movie where my interest peaked up again because it was kind of waning at that point. And I was like, Mm. ooh, yeah, this is going to go someplace. And just seeing Dan Aykroyd get in that Santa costume, it seemed like a pretty iconic thing, especially like the scene where he's standing outside of this this shop and a dog pees on him and he's just like really (laughs) down on his luck. And then he pulls out a gun and he tries to shoot himself. And then... The you know the bullet clicks. There's no. I mean the gun clicks. There's no bullets, and he throws it, and then it and comically fires, goes off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fun. But pretty yeah, especially awesome. the scene where like the dog pees on him. It's it's almost like a it's almost like a like a perverted Norman Rockwell painting or something. Yeah. Like that just was like a really iconic moment in in the movie and kind of like an iconic moment in cinema. Where I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. I kind of forgot about all this. Really, it was iconic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think just him in the Santa suit in general. I mean, this is regarded is like one of the best comedies ever whoa yeah it is damn okay i know <laughs> i know it's kind of <laughs> yeah comedies don't always age the best yeah as far as things that made me laugh i don't know why but the when the when penelope like sprayed some kind of cologne or oh i think it was like bianca is that what it's called Binaka? Binaka. some sort of good odor like upon the i think it's a breath spray yeah, on the guy next to him in the while she was waiting. To I know, bail. just on his head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, and then when they were trying to explain commodities to uh, uh, Valentine, the Duke brothers um, mm-hmm. said that uh, you know 
pork bellies is where you get bacon, which you will find in a BLT. And Eddie Murphy looked at the camera like, really? Oh, man, I didn't catch that. That's pretty good. Yeah, right, right. And he, so he kind of broke the fourth wall? Exactly, exactly. Oh, and cool. I, I was like, cool, good for you, movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you fucking kidding me? That kind of look? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love the moment when Dan Aykroyd comes back to a Christmas party to try to like plant a bunch of drugs on him and he puts like all <laughs> kinds of pills and yeah. uh, I don't know marijuana and cocaine uh-huh. and this and that in there and uh, then you know the shenanigans uh, don't get anywhere because he ends up pulling a gun on the police and all the stuff we talked about the dog peeing on him happened afterward yeah. so he doesn't get anywhere there um, but while Eddie Murphy is going through all this stuff like he almost throws out the joint, but then he pockets it. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't see that either. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm going to keep that one for later. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, that is pretty good. Yeah. The only thing that felt really cringeworthy to me in the movie, hmm. actually, there were a couple of things. Let me, before going into that. There were a couple of things that that were just kind of ridiculous. Like, first of all, what kind of gun costs less than $50? Oh, I mean, maybe back in the 80s. But yeah, I don't think even back in the 80s, right? Right, right. Um, Maybe, though. And also, like, I've noticed this in more than... stolen one that was used to murder someone. Fair enough. Where you can get a $6,000 watch for... 20 bucks or 50 oh, bucks. Yeah, I guess. Much. Yeah, that yeah. pawn shop was selling shit pretty cheap. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that pawn shop guy, but by the way, he, that's Bo Diddley, who's like a pretty important uh, pioneer of rock. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow, the weird things behind every scene that yeah. I would have never known. But yeah, I've seen this done in movies where they talk about like $10,000 being exchanged, and then they show a suitcase full of like stacks of hundreds. Which is at oh, least a yeah. hundred thousand dollars. Like. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> right. way more than ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That looks pretty small with hundreds. What looks small with hundreds? Ten thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, you with know, just like e- one stack. Yeah, would not look right. Yeah, easily fits into like you know a corner of a suitcase. <laughs> right. I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that too. But yeah, speaking of money, just just to just to like hammer in how 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 psychopathic the Duke brothers are. They're doing this all for a one dollar bet. Yes, yes. So they're completely ripping up two people's lives. And then at the end of it all, it's not like, you know, one of them gets to keep their life. They just, like, throw Valentine to the street after that. As well, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And so, so that's why they plot their revenge to get back at them and make them both poor. Yes, and they succeed. Yes, and so I guess in the end, too, when the movie's all said and done, you're like, oh, man, that's not a that's not a moral. <laughs> There's like no redeeming arc here. Like the moral of the story is that then like they just get really wealthy too, even though the whole movie is kind of trying to like make wealth seem like an evil, but then at the end of it they're like, Hey, we're on an island. Isn't this great? No, like I felt like the 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 moral of the movie was that uh it doesn't matter if you're black and black or white. That's that's, no, that's what a Michael I got. Jackson song. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But <laughs> it was nature versus nurture, and like you had the tip stereotypical black man versus the stereotypical white guy, and they switched places, and they uh, ended up doing what the other did in his or his or her situation <laughs> in his situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I got from it. That it was a commentary mm. on race rather than money. Yeah, there was some commentary on race. There was some commentary on money, I feel like, too. And I feel like both were a little bit confused and not entirely all the way thought out. It's it's kind of a long movie for a comedy. It's almost two hours long, but then yeah. you know, there's lots of things that are just done pretty... I don't yeah. know. Like, if you throw out the whole thing about it being about money and wealth, mm-hmm. the race one seems to make sense, like, hmm. or have been fleshed out. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and and I guess too. I guess the race thing. I guess that would sit better with me if it was like written by any black writers. But I don't think it was. Besides, really? kind of like rewriting <laughs> his own lines. Ah, uh, okay. No, because I think back then, this it wasn't really you know that wasn't that really makes like sense. a thing you do. Yeah. Whereas I think, 
But, you know, we talk about it like things have changed so much, and they really haven't. And when they have right. changed, it's changed like over the last like five years or so. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. You know, we, we give the 80s lots of shit, but we're, we're, we're not that far ahead of it. We're really not. But I do think the movie's heart, even though, you know, the writers were white, seemed to be in the right place. It didn't make any hmm. huge, like, cringeworthy stuff. The most cringeworthy thing for me was... A sort of like male rape joke with the with the gorilla, which oh, I oh yeah yeah kind of yeah was like that's kind of uh, no it's not funny really no it's definitely not funny no yeah. that didn't like strike me as like super duper disturbing but it's it's also like yeah yeah it was supposed to be like way funnier than I'm, than we found it I think which was not funny <laughs> so. <laughs> To me, that was the worst thing. I wonder. I, I was just like, why doesn't Beak speak? Did, was his I mouth tied up know, or something? Right? <laughs> right. Why did, doesn't did, did, he say, did they cover like, I'm that? a person? No. Yeah, yeah. You think he could do something and, like, you know, right. like do some kind of crazy gestures? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, yep, I guess not. So, did you recognize that gorilla suit had changed people? So, did you recognize the dude who originally had the gorilla suit on? No. That was uh, uh, John Belushi, who was Jim Belushi's brother. Oh. Who is Jim Belushi's brother? But I guess Jim Belushi is dead. Oh, well, that's dumb. But uh, well, <laughs> <Sorry>. I mean, <laughs> it happened a long time ago. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so Dan Aykroyd, he he was uh, famous because of lots of things. But then one of the things was that he was with Jim Belushi and the Blues Brothers, and that was oh. like kind of. And after Jim Belushi died, it was kind of seen like Dan Aykroyd's star was falling a little bit and the movies he was in before this were kind of not doing so well so this was kind of this was a revival of his career this oh. was kind of really the start of eddie murphy's career oh wow um, yeah donna michi who is one of the duke brothers i can't remember their names but uh hmm. he was out of acting for 10 years and actually the director thought he was dead until they like <laughs> came across something and found out he was still alive and got him to be in the movie okay. and yeah then he was like in successful things after this and actually won an academy award after this oh Okay, good for him. Did he punch Jamie anyone? Jamie Lee Curtis. Did, did, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's something that happens later okay. on. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, too, before this was just known as a scream queen. So she was just in horror movies. Oh. So this was kind of her, you know, her... I'm surprised you, you don't recognize her. Uh, she seemed familiar, but I guess a lot of people do. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what you would have seen her in. I just can't. I just can't imagine you wouldn't have seen her in something because she is such. Yeah. She's like all over the place. I feel like we have seen her in one of the movies we have watched, but I guess I, I could be wrong. I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, at least. Well, yeah. Did you, Did you have anything else you want to say about this? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> Fine. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what you have to say. Like, what would you get this movie? Uh, it's going to be three and a half stars for this movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching it, and uh, it didn't seem like it got anything wrong, morally speaking, like hmm. terribly wrong at least. I mean, it was very plotty, very conventional by some measures. Um, by some measures, yeah. Like, it, it did, didn't feel like it uh, like shattered any... Or broke any new ground, really, even though it was singular. <laughs> like, there aren't... <laughs> I don't know. What am I saying? I don't know. It, it didn't seem like a movie that's going to stick with me forever, but at the same time, I didn't really have anything against it either. It was entertaining as well. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I like I said, I have no idea where I was going to land on it, but then I have to kind of like look back on continuity here and I have to think okay what if I because I'm, I'm debating between pretty much a three or three and a half with this okay and so I have to think about am I going to say this is worse than Howard the Duck I can't <laughs> and did, I, did I give Howard the Duck three and a half stars I think you get gave it three. Oh, three's appropriate okay <laughs> well I, I gave I gave like playing trains and automobiles three stars for sure and I definitely like this more than that oh wow okay I like them equally so I guess Oh, I am yeah. being consistent. Yeah, you are being consistent. I mean, but no, no. I mean, I'm being consistent too because I'm saying that I gave planes, trains, and automobiles three, and I'll give this three and a half. So okay. I'm being consistent as well because I did like this one a little bit better. Okay, sounds good. But yeah, I also like. I don't know. It was very jumbled at the same time too, and so it's hard for me to understand <laughs> exactly what was happening through a lot of the movie. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I'm just I noticing same, that. But, you know. Oh, you did. Okay. Because, like, you know, whenever I watch a movie like this and I feel confused by things, I'm like, is this like a general feeling or am I just missing something? But yeah. often enough, yeah, with this it's, movie, there's this was. Right. There's just a ton of shit going on. I don't know if there was that much going on. The basic premise was <laughs> I mean, yes, carried the, through. The, the basic you know? premise is easy. Yes, we can talk about that in a second. It's The Prince yeah. and the Pauper by Charles Dickens, pretty much. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but then, you know, the antics. There's just always, always like things happening. Yeah, but are they really important? No, but you still like... I mean, they kind of are. Like, you know, the antics were the whole reason why briefcases got switched and people got <laughs> met and... <laughs> <laughs> and right. people lost their wealth and other people gained their wealth. Right, and the gorillas where you see them and you're like, okay, they're going to play a role for sure. But yeah. at the end, you don't know like what exactly is going on with them. Like, what was the point <laughs> of the gorillas anyway? <laughs> oh, it's funny because when, when Nico, Nico didn't watch the whole movie with me, but I was like watching it downstairs and she like came over towards the end to do something and she was like, Oh, is that grill have a person in it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep, yeah. that very fake-looking gorilla has a person. In right, it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would say that this movie is very um, like, I, like you know, I watched it two nights ago, and already it's mostly out of my memory. <laughs> which yeah, is probably right. But a hard time right. talking about it, <laughs> but it still was a fun enough experience. So yeah, yeah three and a half if sounds fine. Nice. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, please go to our Facebook page and uh, like and review us on iTunes. And send us an email if you have any questions or questions. Why would they have questions? <laughs> I don't know. Technical <laughs> support. If, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. We obviously need the technical support. If you right. have any pro tips, um, you know. <laughs> How, do you have any like brain supplements that can help us with our memories and just overall well-being right, right now? Right. Like usual, we're going to leave uh, what's coming up next to be a complete mystery, but we can probably say it's going to be shorter than this. It is? I mean, it's going to be a mini-sode, right? Oh, snap. You're right. Yeah. It's going to be significantly shorter. <laughs> uh, um, do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off? And thanks to everyone who listened. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.